tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. About Halleck's case. I will tell the president that for the sake of almighty God, should help him to also help us for our child to be released to us so that we know how to take care of him. And then he also end up with his living very well. Joy 99.7 FM. Hello and welcome to Springboard, your virtual university. My name is Albert Okran. Welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard, led by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show and that place where the greatest minds in the world converge. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse Just B, the enterprise group Enterprise Your Advantage, UMB Bank, celebrating 50 years in banking and Central University, Ghana's premier private Christian University, our media partners, the multimedia group, and the graphic business. Today we turn our attention to a subject that every one of us, especially you, will be interested in. Reputation management and public relations. What does it take to manage the brand of an organization? And what happens when something goes wrong? My guest for today will help us with answers to these questions and more. She is our own Georgina Asari Fiagunijina. Good to see you. Good to see you. Very well. Welcome once again. Springboard is now your home. I mean, you come I here know. quite <laughs> often and we always get to learn. Thank from you for having me again. So, Gina is the senior manager in charge of corporate communications at, at MTN Ghana, long standing partners here at the Virtual University since. 2008, running into 15 years. And I want to say a big thank you as always for the support for the virtual investing. Thank you. It's a pleasure to work with you. It's an honor for us. Mm -hmm. Let's start with this subject. I mean, since we posted it earlier in the week, so many people are asking about the subject, and I guess it means that it's of interest to people. What is reputation management, and why is it important to any corporate organization? So, yes, I, I like the way you ended it. Why is it important to any organization? Let me say that. Reputation management is not just important to any organization. I think that anything that exists um, needs to manage its reputation. So reputation management, if I can just put it simply, and I, I, I always don't like to work with textbook um, explanations. I like to just explain what it is and then people will understand. So every entity has a reputation. And your reputation is either positive or negative. What reputation is the summation of people's impressions, experiences, and their views about you. Over a period of time, you form a, an impression about that person, which builds into the reputation of the person. So I see reputation as a summation of the opinion, the views, the impressions, the experiences you've had with a particular person or an entity over a period of time. Wow. So for example, you can't just see one person one day, have an, an engagement with a person and say, this is the reputation of the person. Yes, you formed an impression. But for you to say that the person has a positive or negative reputation, oh, this person, he's very bad. Oh, this organization, they are not good. Once you say this is the reputation of the person, it means it's a collection of the impressions and the views and the experiences you've had with that person over a period of time. 
And I'm using all these advisedly because you may not even have a direct experience with a person or an organization, but you can form an impression, an impression about I've, I've that I've heard it several times. Yes. Somebody talking about somebody that they don't know, and they say, this, that person is too known, very, yes. very proud. Yes. And, yes. And, and sometimes the person they are talking about is in the room, and yes. they don't know them they personally, don't even but know they, the they, person. they have heard something, they yes. are talking with such vim, as yes. I say, with such vim. Yeah. Gina, let me, let me swing to this often quoted um, research by New York University that suggested that people form an impression about you, and that's on the personal side, within seven seconds of meeting you. You use the word impression, and you talk about first impression, and, and then later reinforced by the latent impression. Yeah. The research seems to suggest that the first impression is so strong that it needs a very strong latent impression to overrule what was seen the first time. And yeah. from that research, it suggested that that impression is formed within seven seconds. Are you surprised? I'm, I'm not really surprised because you see, the, the, the first few minutes of an engagement is, is really important, like you see. And that is why we are saying that reputation management is really important for every business, no matter how small or big or medium it is. Because consider the fact that someone comes to your office or someone, you know, you are a trader, someone comes to ask you a question and, you know, your, your facial expression is bad, the person walks out of, of the place. And this happens within seconds. Even when someone greets you, you know, you lift your head, you either smile or your face is, is just blunt. The person just forms an impression. So I, I, I can understand why you know, um, researchers over time have established that the first few minutes or the first few seconds, that is about up to seven seconds are really important because this determines your next line of action. You know, the first few seconds of an engagement with that person actually repositions you to engage the person. So you either become defensive, you either become pleasant, you either become you know, also combative, depending on the impression you found within the first few seconds. So yes, I agree that the first few seconds are important, but it also doesn't mean that if it goes bad, it can't be repaired. We'll come to repair, but it, uh, it just also means that the individual who is at the front line of the firm cannot give the excuse that they've had a bad day, maybe at home, maybe on the way to work somebody crossed you in traffic or somebody's crashed your bumper and, and, and that day the biggest possible client your company could ever have comes to you or something yes. and they walk to you without an announcement and you're having a bad day and the person has a bad impression, the cost can be so huge that yes. it probably suggests that you, you can't be allowed to have a bad day without be a fair point. Well, to, to a large extent, you, you can't be allowed to have a bad day. Um, just because of the impression the person may create about you, and that person may not have the opportunity to come back to you again, which is why reputation management is important because you, you need to manage how people see you. You have to be able to manage how people experience you. You have to manage people's opinions about you. And that is why reputation management is, is a deliberate attempt or a deliberate effort to shape opinions. So you, you need to make a deliberate effort. You can't just leave it to chance. And so, for example, if you're a company, um, and when we say company, people think about big companies, multinationals uh, and all that. But we are talking about every opportunity you have to save people. That is how I will put it. So, you, do it, so this can be extended to, let's say, the front desk of a church. Definitely. Or an usher at an entertainment event. And you are saying that, yeah. so that means that there's extra pressure on guest contact people, frontlineness, because they are the ones who give the guest, the client, yes. the impression about the organization, correct? It, it's important. You know, previously people used to have this impression that people who are doing guest relations, front desk, you know, are people who don't have to be high level people. 
And I see that it's changing in, in, in a number of ways. For example, when you go to the banks and you have the relationship managers, you have the, the people who interface with, with clients, I don't think that you, sh you, know, you should just think that it's, in quotes, a menial job. It's not. I think that it could be potentially one of the most important roles. And that the people at the front desk need to be trained, they need to be armed with information. Because, for example, you walk into a bank, you want to do an investment, and you have a front desk person who has no clue what kinds of investments you have in the bank. Because in your own view, a front desk person is just to direct people. What about if the person doesn't have time to wait and, and speak to another person, to speak to a senior person? And so I think that even in recruiting Fondex people, they should be senior people. It's a, it's a brilliant point you make. So you are seeing that increasingly we are finding more companies hiring top-level people to manage the, the guest contact part of the business yes. so they don't get it wrong. Yes. Let's go on to stakeholders. I mean, Gina, who are they? In thinking about your organization, who are some of the stakeholders you must think about? Because yes. your, your public relations or your reputation management involves all your stakeholders and yes. their interests. So yes. who are these stakeholders and what, what, what do they want? Yes, so stakeholders are um, the people who have an impact on your business. And when we talk about impact, it can be any kind of impact. You know, previously in public relations, we used to talk about you know, ensuring that the relationship between the organization and its publics, and the publics will talk about, you know, key amongst them, the customers, the internal people, and then, you know, people will talk about the fact that, you know, you have to think about your clients, your customers. Over time, we've seen that it's not just your customers, it's not just your staff or employees who have an impact on your business. You have different stakeholders. So depending on the organization, what you do, the people you interface with, you will have different stakeholders. So for example, if I take MTN uh, mobile money, the, the, the stakeholders are varied. You will have the mobile money um, users themselves who are the customers. So you have MTN um, customers and you have MTA mobile money customers. Right. The mobile money customers themselves are, are your key stakeholders. Of Indeed. course, they are the people you know, using the service. The employees who are serving the mobile money people are also key to you. And that is why you cannot you know, underestimate your, your internal people. Right. Because they are the biggest stakeholders you have. They are yes. the ones providing the service. They are the ones you know, who made the organization what it is. In addition to that, for example, for, for mobile money, you have your regulators, you have mm -hmm. the Bank of Ghana, you have your, your the, the, and it's not just Bank of Ghana, because you, you are also working in a regulated environment. So you have the NCA, for example, the Ministry of Communications, the Ministry of Finance, you have the, the, the all the banks who are very key to the business. Mm. Okay. So they, so they will fall into the category of partner organizations? They are all partner okay. organizations. You even have your vendors, the people who are helping you deliver the service. So for example, you have different, different vendors who are putting the services together. Even the people providing the technology. So you have your technology partners. And the community that you operate in, and the where, you, where you, you store your mass you and, and, and you engage you know, with. Yes. Let me ask you, are there instances where the needs of these varied stakeholders could clash? Yes, they, as in, they. As in, we've not even mentioned the, the owners of the business who want their profit. Yes. But are there instances where the stakeholder interests are literally, as it were, diametrically opposed? And how do you manage that? Yes, On the broader you, note, how do you, you manage you, it? You could, I mean, because, and, and when you talk about stakeholders, some of the stakeholders, like you said, they all have their interests. Some of the interests are high, some are low. And some of these stakeholders are powerful. Some may not be powerful. But then it's even difficult for you to just ignore a stakeholder and say, these ones are powerful, these ones are not. Because depending on the circumstance, someone who may be deemed as not too powerful may become powerful depending mm. on what the issue is. So, and that is why you always have to be engaging your stakeholders, monitoring, 
you know, your relationship with them, managing them, engaging them, soliciting feedback with them, providing information, you know, to them, and ensuring that all the needs of these stakeholders are, are met. And like you rightly said, sometimes there can be a clash of stakeholder needs. The employees may think, oh, look at, you know, inflation, the rate of inflation. We think you have remember, to increase. Of the, the constant battle with the tripartite yes. committee. Exactly. Uh, Labour, government. Exactly. And, 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 and Labour, government, and yes, the, the mediating parties and all that. Yes, so and how would, sometimes the, those, those are very difficult conversations because each yeah. partner genuinely believes that where they are yes, is, yes. Is, is the real yes, situation on yes. the ground. And sometimes you can have people who all have genuine needs yes but you you definitely need to come to a middle point how and do you find that middle point it sounds like a very tough job i mean stakeholder it, it, management it is it is it can be tough but i think that the most important thing is the regular engagement because if you continue to engage you'll pick up issues ahead of time so a lot of issues should not come as a surprise you will know what we call stakeholder expectations. So there are stakeholder interests and there are expectations. Must, okay. must there be, must a business, a church, a political party, um, a club have an overall strategy and a plan for its, its reputation management? Mm -hmm. I mean, is this something that uh, you, you do as you go or there must be a documented strategy for handling it? There has to be a documented strategy. There has to be a strategy. And the reason why we say that, for example, reputation management, you know, you have different names for reputation management. Some will call it public relations. Some will call it strategic communications. I like to use strategic communications. Mm -hmm. and, and the art of, um, or, or the concept of strategic communications is both an art and a science. Yeah. One is an art because you have to create, you have to develop a strategy, you have to develop your game plan. This is this organization, Springboard, or this is this organization, um, is it Tripod? The organization is called Tripod. We manufacture cameras. And um, this is our plan. This is what we want to be known as. And normally your strategic communications plan should be linked to the strategy of the business. Because you can't have a plan for managing a reputation of a business, which is, you know, different from what the business is, is seeking to achieve. So let me give you a scenario, for instance, the company is Tripod, or Springboard wants to be known as the leading organization developing young people across Ghana and Africa. Yes. Let's see, along the areas of leadership, entrepreneurship, agribusiness, and the use of their talents and skills. Yeah. So you are saying that the communication must be aligned with the vision or the outlook of yes. the firm. Yes. What are the commonalities that you are looking for when you say alignment? What are you looking for? Must it be that the, the teams that you follow must must drive to you? What, what, is, what, what, are, what are you looking so for? So you are looking at the fact that you need to be able to um, link the strategy to your mission, your vision, your values, and, and even your philosophy. And what you are trying to do is to get people to know you and accept you for who you are and to go along with you you know to be able to deliver your vision so like you said this is springboard we are a human development institution and people need to know that and this is something that you have to communicate for people to know because someone can hear springboard and see you doing things and say oh springboard is is um is, is, oh, well, it's just a, a platform for people to come and speak. So that's why it's called Springboard, because you can just stand on their platform and, and use it to... Too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> and use it to uh, maybe promote your product, because someone just sees, uh, perhaps anytime they connect, they just see you promoting other companies. So they okay. can say, well, Springboard is just a platform for promoting other businesses. So you always need to constantly let people know that this is my mission. Springboard is here to develop human potential. And this is our vision. Our vision is to be the leading human development uh, company or nonprofit organization right. in Africa.
Okay, that's your vision. And what are your values? Your values are, and let me say MTN's values here, our values are leadership, integrity, relationship, uh, innovation, and can do. I was waiting for the can do. I and love can the can do. do. The can do is good. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. You see, so your, your values help you develop um, or achieve your, your mission and your vision. Is there, are there instances where there's misalignment that the company strategy says one thing and the communication says exactly the opposite? Then it is, it's not a good plan. But does it happen? Well, it could happen, yes. yes. It, it happens in a Tell number of ways. Tell me what when, when there's misalignment. Oh, there will be total confusion and you will not be able to achieve your, your goals. Um, it can also create, let me say, a negative perception and sometimes it can even lead to people to it can lead to mistrust. And in public relations and reputation management, trust is very important. Trust is very, very critical in public relations because it's trust that gets people to stick to you. It, it's um, trust that creates loyalty. So people must believe in Springboard. They must believe in MTN when they say, you know, we are leading the delivery of a bold new dig digital world. And do they see you as a leader? A leader in what? And this is why we are always out there communicating, you know, what we are doing in terms of investment in our network. Because if you are saying that you, your values are leadership, integrity, innovation, people must see the innovation. And you realize that MTN is always innovating, creating new things. And then when we list that we are the first to introduce mobile money, we're the first to use DSL, we're the first to do 4G, 3G, and all that, it's just aligning with what our mission and our vision is saying. Because if we say we want to lead the delivery of a bold new digital world, that is what people must see us do. Let me, let me, let me ca capture what you said so far, because something is beginning to emerge that is very, very interesting to me. So you are saying that in proper communication, there must be the pre where you see what you are going to do, your mission, your vision, your values, your philosophy, the brand promise. Then there must be the experience where you do what you said you will do and then you must come back and say, we have done it. And then, as it were, compare and contrast what you have done with what you promised without necessarily saying that this is one, this is two, this is three. People must be able to see that journey and that is what builds trust and exactly. continuity in the relationship. Exactly. Just reinforcing your brand promise, your mission, your vision, your values, and all that reinforces who you are and helps enrich the experience. Reinforcement, reinforcement, and reinforcement. And on that note, this is Springboard, your virtual university, coming to you live today as we talk about reputation management and public relations with Georgina Asarifiagbenu, she's a senior manager in charge of corporate communications at our big partner, longest running partner, MTN Ghana. Let's go for a break. When we come back, let's go into policies. Let's go into that person who says, but I didn't know. Let's go into sanctions. Let's go into alignment internally around one common vision. And then even more importantly, what about when there is an issue or a crisis? How do you bounce back from that big problem? Please. Don't go away. Hello. Dear valued customer. Hey, hmm. The entire customer service team is out for lunch. Please call back in four hours. What? Me nana be dia kona mama me bad service ano. Me kokra. Ah, nana. With Bounce from Enterprise Day, you will love the customer service experience cake. I am available for you 24-7 on the Enterprise Advantage app, the Enterprise website, and on WhatsApp number 055-400-1924. Hello? Babs. Chat with Babs from Enterprise, your contact for insurance, pensions, funeral and property solutions from the Enterprise Group. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> When you can be anything, who will you become? When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, how far will you go? When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start? When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire? When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, 
Where will you send it? When you can tell a story in every language, which ones will you tell? When nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you, and, and the, the whole world, world awaits, awaits you. Don't go alone. Go with us. Everywhere, Everywhere you, you go. Aquama, UMB is proud to offer you the best business solutions possible. We have been excelling in serving Ghana since 1972, and our sole interest is to make your business succeed. We are committed to making you to become number one in any sphere of business or enterprise you are pursuing. With our experience in growing some of the biggest SMEs in Ghana, we can support you become the business leader in Okaishi, Suami, Abusokai, or any of the SME enclaves in Ghana with our SME solutions. Our latest SME loans allows you to take a loan backed by the value of your cash flow and inventory so you can increase your trade efficiently. Speak to our business bankers or visit any of our branches now. UMB Bank. You first. Apply now for a degree at Central University, Ghana's leading private Christian university. Admissions are open for the 2021-2022 academic year. Degrees are available on our campuses at Mutual, Christ Temple Abusokai, and Kumasi. You can also enroll in our MBA with various specializations. Scholarships are available for needy but brilliant students. Call now on 0303-318-583. You can also visit our website at central.edu.ga for more info. Welcome back to Springboard, in which I invest into this beautiful conversation about reputation management and public relations. Am I not enjoying myself? This is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, Central University, and our media partners, the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Business. Please, on Tuesday, page 18, get a full lowdown of this discussion in the graphic business, share it with your friends and loved ones and with your people in your company who don't know your mission, share it with them. And also find it on myjoyonline and springboard.com.gh. Springboard is not a church. It's not a political party. Now I know I must reinforce every single day so, so far. Gina has been telling us about one, reputation management, two, first impressions, three, about frontliners, four, about stakeholders, five about stakeholder interest, six about strategy, seven about misalignment, and eight about reinforcement. Kana Kanibium, say it and say it again. Never assume that people have heard and they know. Say it and remind them. Gina, very useful lesson. Let's talk about policies. Because I know we are talking about small companies. You say it even applies to the individual. But let's move on to companies now, and especially as it gets bigger, mm -hmm. then there's a branch here different locations, different staff. Yeah. Help us appreciate the importance of policies and having staff know what the policy is, what they can do and not do, and what kind of policies a company must aim at having in place, even if they don't have it. Yeah. Okay. So let me just say a quick one about the reinforcement before we go into policies. And when you, you, you highlighted the role of reinforcement, I was just thinking about a, a husband and wife. And mm. also probably because you, you work with your wife. So you can't just say, I love you at the beginning of the marriage and, and say you. that. And say that for 30 years, you will say it again because you know when I married you, I said I love you. Mm. But you say it every time, don't you? Every day, every time, every occasion. It's an opportunity for you to reinforce the things you believe in. This is what they call revelation. <laughs> this is a revelation, Gina. You should have said this earlier. That's the I point. I should have said it from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Now I get it. And we'll be, we'll, actually, we'll be 30 next year. So you got it spot on. Wow. You this was, is great. It was prophetic. Uh, this, so this what you're saying great. is that in, in the same way that in a marriage, when you stop saying it, it could lead to difficulties. Mm -hmm. In a business, in an entity, when you stop reinforcing who you are, mm -hmm. you could have challenges. Yeah. Nice one. Let's talk about policies. Yes. So the policies are an attempt, not an at attempt, it's actually reinforcing who you are by setting the rules within which people operate. So it's part of the governance process to ensure that people know what to do at every point in time. And that is why policies are developed by organizations. So, for example, you have a big organization 
and everybody comes with their own values, their individual assumptions, their characters, their personalities, and all that. Yes, they know who you are, they know your values. And let me say that policies helps you, should I say, implement or achieve your goals by reinforcing your values. So for example, MTN is a leader, we believe in relationship, can do and all that. What should we do to ensure that our staff are all living you know, these values and ideals? So for example, the value of integrity. So you know that you have to talk to staff about the fact that you know, these are the policies of the organization when it comes to bribery, corruption, you know, um, maybe buying of votes or whatever. When there is elections, what should staff do? How should they conduct themselves? Now, in reputation management, it's really, I would say that it's one of the most difficult careers that you can have. As in because the guess what? The practitioner and even the, the business. Managing your reputation is really a big deal because the actions and inactions of everything the organization does impacts your reputation. So for example, what a CEO does is likely to impact the reputation of the, of the business. What the frontliners do is likely to impact the reputation of their business. And what you also don't do, so there, there are sometimes expectations of things that you need to do. And if you don't do it, it is likely to impact your reputation. And so to be able to ensure that you are able to manage all this, you also need to put in place policies that guides how you know, the business operates. So it's not just about the people, it's also about the business, protecting the business and ensuring that people don't go out of line. So I'm talking about fraud, I'm talking about corruption, I'm talking about even who interfaces with the media. You know, because what someone says on behalf of the organization can impact the organization. So the, the, the policies, you, you mentioned conflict of interest issues like bribery, uh, what, you, what you can accept and not accept. What you can accept, not accept, what you can do, what you can't do. So for example, you are an MTN person and you are caught, you know, let me say even a customer service person. You disagree, and we are talking about stakeholder interest. You have a stakeholder who thinks that he should have been attended to in a certain way. For a customer, what does it take to get that done? And even if it can't be done, where you can't manage that interest or provide that kind of service at that time, how should you manage the, the customer? You can't tell the customer, oh, I mean, even if you don't understand, I don't care because after all, what? Can you tell the customer that you can't? Right. So there are rules and regulations for everything. The policies are supposed to guide how everybody operates. So for example, for us in reputation, there's also a corporate communications policy, internal communications policies you know, uh, stakeholder management policies. Even for sustainability, you will have policies. So when you go into the communities and you are rolling out your projects, you know what you are interested in, what you can do, what you can't do. Even when it comes to standards, what is an MTM project? What are the standards? What are the things you can do, you know, so that it doesn't impact uh, the organization negatively? So the policies are really important. I know many have uh, policies on diversity, inclusion, gender. So, I mean, about how many policies can, as the organization gets bigger, about how many policies can they have in place? It's, it's, it's difficult to count because when I think about the organization I work for, there's a policy for everything. Could, and could it be as many as 20, 30, 40, 50? I'm sure it will be in the hundreds. And how, I mean, how can, how because you see, can you... the staff know? Just, I'm just asking to be educated. How can individuals, stakeholders, staff know all that is in the policies? How, how do you ensure that? Do you, are they supposed to read it and sign that they read it? Or once it is there, you are supposed to know? Help me to understand, just okay. so I can So, uh, well, maybe the hundreds may be an exaggeration, so but I can, I can mention a lot of, um, and even as we, we were listing there, we've listed more than 10. Uh, so obviously. you have things on, you know, how people should relate. 
people have you know codes on sexual harassment for example right. you have even dress codes you have codes of conduct and i've spoken about the conflict of interest right. even within the the fraud management space you have different different policies you know you have the code of conduct you have the uh, gifts policy you have different policies on you have governance you have protocols you have processes procedures how are the people who are supposed to work with these policies supposed to internalize them they are supposed to be one you develop the policies and the policies are developed with the people so it's a standard processes and procedures and the uh, rules and regulations that have been put together and of course it's not something that you know you just come and throw at them it emanates from the team themselves it's reviewed and it goes through a process so people make inputs into them and then once it's approved and signed off for us it's 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 published so we have a staff channel for publishing all staff communication so you know, HR, a human resource department or, or division will publish it and say, for example, corporate communications policy um, published. And you will see it drop. Then it gives you a link for you to go and read it. As part of the internalization process, you are also supposed to arrange engagements for staff you know, for you to present to staff and for them to ask questions. So, I mean, at MTM, for example, we do a lot of road shows. And now that we even have um, the benefits of working with um, virtual, you know, working within the virtual community, it's even easier for you to, to get people to even internalize it. So, for example, you can do a road show and meet with specific communities. So you can meet with, for example, marketing and just talk to, and they also give you their input. So, you know, staff know where the policies are and they okay. are expected to read them. I like the last part you mentioned, expected to read, because I'm going to come, going to, come to breaches and, um, and, and sanctions. So the, from what you see, there's no excuse for somebody to say, well, I have not, I started work just three months ago and I, I've been busy, so I've not made time to read the policy mm. and therefore I did this, that is in breach. So you're saying that the onus lies on the staff once it is published mm -hmm. to read it and be compliant, correct? Yes, yes. Once it's, it's, it's published and like I say, for most of the, the policies, there's an engagement process. So even for new staff, as part of the orientation, you are introduced to a lot of things. So for example, if you are in a very sensitive role, you are supposed to sign a non-disclosure or a confidentiality clause. You have to go through that process. And even for vendors, and it's not just, the policy sometimes are not, is, are not just limited to even staff. Your, your vendors and your partners must know that this is what you stand for. So if you are being told that you can't engage in fraud, what about the person working with you? Can they engage in fraud? No, because sometimes what they do also impacts, you know, the organization. So it's something that is 360. And like I'm saying, you are expected to know. And at the time of recruitment, orientation is done and people are introduced to all the things uh, that relates to every organization. So for example, we will have our slots. Corporate services will have our slots. And when we do our presentation to new employees, we'll tell them these are the policies guiding, you know, what we do and, and this is where you can find them. It sounds like from what you describe, any organization that doesn't have a solid corporate comms unit will suffer. Well, I believe so. They may manage. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that, that even if I say so myself, of course, I mean the profession, but I think that corporate communications, public relations, reputation management, and you know that, you know, it's one of the few professions that has like 30 different names. It just tells you how diverse right. and, and broad it is, you know. But the key thing is that reputation management or strategic communications, public relations, corporate communications, let me just play with these four ways at this time, is something that is planned. Mm. It's not something that you just sit down and say, oh, today let me try this and see if it will work. It is planned, it has to be consistent, it has to be sustained, 
it is also, and I, at the beginning I said that it's, it's an art and it's a science. So you are not just creating and developing, you are also measuring. Because you need to find out whether, you know, whatever you are doing is working. The messages you are, you are, you are churning out, do people even understand it? What do they think about your product? So research is really important in every business, let me see. But also very critical when you are managing reputation. So reputation service, media monitoring, um, you know, there are different tools and different uh, ways of, of monitoring or finding out what customers think about you. The marketing people will do their marketing research. Customer service will do their NPS, their net promoter scores and all that. But the most important thing is that feedback is important. You must always solicit for feedback. Because without feedback, it's just a one-way traffic. It's just you giving out information, you giving out products and services. and you need to know how people feel about it. You know, sometimes people say that, well, um, the, 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 the business is able to determine whether people are happy with them by the profit they make. Mm. But you can't just say that because you are making profit, everything is okay. You could be making more, or you could have a downward trend. And so you need to closely engage find out what people like, what they don't like, what they are expecting, what you could do better, and constantly engage, constantly measure, uh, and find out what people think about you so that you can improve. Continuous improvement is very critical. Right. So let's move on to, you talked about feedback, measurement, research. So as a result of eliciting feedback, you see that there's an issue, and that issue could potentially become a crisis. Help us to understand how to manage an issue, and then what to do when it breaks into a full-blown crisis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure there's a whole conversation. It's a give whole us, conversation. Yes. It's issues management and crisis management, like it's a whole course on its own. But like you rightly said, every business, um, so long as you interface with people, they are bound with, uh, uh, you are bound to have issues. Even if you have an equipment, and I, I use the tripod. So you are tripod, you are a company that is manufacturing cameras. You should anticipate that issues can happen at any time. What are some of the potential issues? And you need to be able to, uh, what, what we, we call anticipating mm. anything that can possibly go wrong. Your customers can be unhappy with you. Why? Because of bad, it could be bad customer service, it could be, you know, the service that is not working. So for example, you have the tripod, the tripod can break, it can fall, a camera, you know, can shut down, it can fall and break, a service can be disrupted, a third party may fail you, you may have scheduled maintenance and expecting that everything will go on well and things can happen because you are working with equipment. You can lay fiber, the fiber can be cut, you can raise towers, the towers can, there can be a disruption, they can, you know, you can build a building and if the person doesn't comply with the standards, things can go wrong. It talks so, like you almost have a list, a long list. <laughs> have you, uh, give me inside filler. Have you, for instance, modeled all the, all the scenarios you can think of and pre? I'm yes. saying pre because you yeah. don't wait until it happens. Do you have potential frequently occurring scenarios yes, or situations yes, yes. and the preferred response to them yes. ahead of time. Yes, as part of your reputation management, you need to anticipate what issues are there. So you have to anticipate the issues. And then you have to also recall the issues that are happening. So there's an issues log um, that you do as part of your and it depends on what organizations will do. Some will have their governance meetings, some will have their business risks meetings, some will have their business resilience meetings. But of course, every uh, company must have a plan that allows you to be able to sustain your business. Let me just put it that way. Right. So you anticipate the issues and you should have a log of anything that can possibly go wrong in your organization. So right. like I said, the tripod, 
or, or MTN or Springboard, what can happen? You can have a rain, you can have, you know, your cameras that are not working, you can have lights off, and that is why you prepare. So if you are an events agency, you know that electricity is not 100% assured. You need to get a, a generator, isn't it? That is the same way that every business has to plan the anticipated issues. And you also have to look at the issues that are coming up. You know, so there are issues that happen that may be just incidental. So something happens today, it may not happen again. And there are issues that are emerging. You know, when you, you do your environmental scanning, you may notice that things are happening and it's becoming a trend. You have your stakeholder engagement, or you are there, someone calls you and say, this is what I've seen, this is what I've experienced. So you can pick up issues that are emerging, and you need to alert the organization. These are things that are emerging. And if it breaks into a crisis, I mean, let's see, you either saw it too late, or red flags have been um, waved, mm -hmm. but responses have not been that good. Yeah. And then it becomes, or the timing is so bad that a small issue becomes a crisis. Yeah. Is, is the approach different yes. from when yeah. it's an issue? The approach is totally different when you have a what, crisis. What, what you do when it's a crisis? So when there's a crisis, you know, the, a crisis is, is, is like an emergency situation. Something has happened, you have to act immediately. When there's an issue, of course, you have to resolve the issue. But it may not be too big to have blown out of proportion. You manage it, you solve it, or you, 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 it, it could also be an ongoing thing that you are trying to resolve, okay? But sometimes unresolved issues can blow up into crisis. So that is one of them. Right. You had the issues, you watched them, but you did not manage, it could either be that you did not manage them well, or you did the best you could, but then things still did not work out. And you could also have crisis just breaking because you know they are just crisis. So for example, you are just there and someone posts something that is negative. It may be a total fabrication. The person may have been playing a prank or the person just say, oh, this person annoyed me, so let me just go out and just blow steam, as people say it. Now, I see a lot of uh, uh, this word, is it violence or violence? Mm, yes, violence with a W. <laughs> violence with a W. And when I see it, I mean, so it's like people just say, you know, everything is so crazy. Let me just go out and act crazy. And someone just puts something that is damaging. This is not something you anticipated. It just happened. And your response is different. And what for the, you what to are the plan, tricky things you, you need to do in responding to a crisis? You've mentioned speed. Yes, so you have to act with speed. You have to have your message clearly um, laid out. You know, messaging in corporate communications or reputation management is very important because your message is what is getting to everybody. And your message must be clearly laid out. So speed, it must be clear messaging. Clear messaging. And then you must also... I've spoken about speed, I've spoken about... And then you also have to have your, your plan for managing the crisis. So you are not just going out there to speak, you are not just going out there to explain. But what is the plan for managing the crisis? So for example, if it's your, you have a tripod business and something happens and your factory has been beggled, for example, and all the things you are using to manufacture the tripod has been stolen, it means that you know, immediately you have customers out there who are going to buy the tripods and they don't have it. That's a crisis. You wake up one morning, everything has vanished. So what are you telling them? And you must act with speed because people are, have heard that, you know, your factory has been beggled or there's fire or something. So what are you saying? You have to act with speed. And what are you doing to manage the issue that has happened? You should have a plan. A plan. So and speed, a clear message, and a comprehensive plan. Yes. Let me settle on the last two issues, and I, it, it helps me to end conversations like this because I'm learning so much. And the last two issues I'd like to manage or, or, or deal with, the first is what kind of skill sets must a CEO look for in hiring somebody into corporate comms, reputation management, PR? What kind of skills? Well, I, I believe that um, a corporate communications person one, of course, must have good communication skills. And good communication skills includes writing, 
and speaking and strategic thinking, the person must be analytical, the person must be creative, um, the person must be a people person, must know how to build relationships. I think that should even come first because a PR person, you are doing public relations, you are doing strategic communications management, and you are managing the relationship between your organization and your other players or your other stakeholders. So relationship building is very key. Can somebody give an excuse and say, I am by nature a very reserved person. I'm not, I don't smile. It's just my nature, but I want to be in corporate comms. What will you say? Well, you don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to be all over. Um, I don't think that I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe people will say I'm very reserved. I think I'm a reserved person. I'm cool. I'm very calm. Um, yes, but my when I'm my thinking must be very structured. It, it must be consistent with what the organization is going. So you don't I have to be, an to be creative. You don't have to be an extrovert, but you must know what you are doing. You must plan. You must be a good planner. Mm. You must be a good planner because strategic communications is all about having a strategic plan for managing, you know, the relationship between your organization and its stakeholders. You must, also, you must have a plan for engaging your stakeholders. So an engagement plan is key. And you must have a plan for sustaining the reputation of your, your organization. There's a lot that goes into it, but we are, we are rushing because that alone, just looking at the definition of public relations alone can take a whole day. But like okay, I said, it's no really important. You have no idea the amount of instruction you've given us. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you the 15 lessons I've learned from you, but when I come back, I'm going to ask you one thing. So that person, you, something you mentioned along the line caught my attention. I'm going to spring a surprise on you, but you, you, you can anticipate it easily. Um, that person who says, but, but me, I just posted my own opinion. I'm going to come to you to ask you what, what mm -hmm. happens when a mm -hmm. member of staff posts their own opinion or electricity is off in their area and the people came there and the person spoke mm -hmm. and yet the person is known as a frontliner yeah. or a management yeah. person in MTN and some newspaper is not even writing that the person wrote in their, mm -hmm. spoke in their own capacity. I'm going to ask you how much leverage does a person have to speak even if it's not about a, a company related issue. Yeah. But before we do that, um, Gina, my 15 lessons from you. Number one is about reputation management being not just for a corporate organization, but for every entity. And it involves, it can be good or bad, and it involves the first impression and the latent impression. Second lesson is about first impressions being very important because in the few seconds that a person engages you, mm -hmm. the, the stamp of impression mm -hmm. is very, very strong, and that sets the tone for the relationship. The third point is about frontliners. You are saying that they are very, very key touch points and I like the, the point about many companies increasingly hiring high-level people to mm -hmm. be the frontliners or relationship managers to mm -hmm. ensure that they have control yeah. over the experience. The fourth is about the stakeholders that a firm, an organization or entity deals with mm -hmm. and how varied these are and the fact that they are nuanced based on the business that a person does or the, exactly. the organization does. Mm -hmm. The fifth is about the interest of these stakeholders and you see some are high, some are low, some can be even more powerful depending on the circumstance, but mm -hmm. you can't ignore any of them mm -hmm. and you must engage them regularly. Mm -hmm. The sixth is about strategy. Every entity must have an overall strategy. It must be, it's both an art and a science mm -hmm. and it must be planned, consistent and aligned with your, your vision, your values, your mission and your philosophy. Mm -hmm. And it helps to carry people along with you. The seventh is about misalignment. If your vision and your comms are not aligned, it can lead to confusion, you won't accomplish your goals, and then it can lead to mistrust. Mm -hmm. And trust is what creates loyalty. So you say that mistrust could be very expensive. Mm -hmm. The eighth is about reinforcement. You say, say it, and say it, and say it again whenever you meet your publics. Mm -hmm. Then number nine is about policies. You say it's about, it's part of the governance process to reinforce who you are, your values, and what people can do and not do mm -hmm. at any time. Mm -hmm. The 10 is that the the actions and inactions of anyone in the firm, from CEO to front desk person to national service person, mm -hmm. could have implications yeah. for the reputation of the firm. And that's what I'm going to come back to. Mm -hmm. The 11th is about compliance, and you're seeing that the policies are drawn with staff 
approved, signed off, published, and orientations engaged them. And once they are published, mm -hmm. staff have the responsibility of knowing them and then working with them or the sanctions would apply when mm -hmm. there's a breach. The twelfth is about measurement, feedback, research. You say these are all very key to measure the pulse of the market. Thirteen is about issues management. You say anticipate the potential issues and plan what you will do with each one and have a log and keep with it and, and what you will do if any of them happens. Fourteen, you say when the issue breaks into a crisis, it could be a result of an issue not being handled well or something that springs from nowhere and requires three things, speed, clear message, and a comprehensive plan. And the 15th is that to be a good reputation management or PR person, you need calm skills, writing, speaking, strategic thinking, analytical, creative, a people's person, and a good planner. And you don't need to be an extrovert. These are the 15 lessons I've learned from you. If you were writing a book, I'll sell it to you and make a lot of money. I think it's a good one. It sounds very interesting. I, I, I think you are trying to convince a book on this. I didn't, I didn't realize all the things I said, the way you've captured them beautifully, because I was just, you know, it was a conversation, I was, I was just talking. speaking, you know. But the way you summed it up, I, I would like to go back and, and yeah, read it, even for myself. <laughs> yeah, let's sign off with this person. Who says, I mean, I, I work in this film, but I mean, the light went off in my area and I was talking by heart on mm -hmm. the radio, radio pool. They came around and I had to tell them my peace of mind. Mm -hmm. How much leverage, how much freedom does a person have to talk when you work within a firm to a situation, even if it's not firm related? Just to close. Yes. So, I mean, if you work with any firm and no matter how big or small, especially in this digital world and, and in, within the social media space, um, you have to be very careful what you do, what you say, how you act, um, how you behave, wherever you are. And I always tell people that, you know what, always assume that there's a camera wherever you are that is recording your actions. Because for all you know, you are sitting in a room and you know that now there are cameras everywhere. Someone may be recording your conversation. And of course, when you are posting something, you must always think, how does this impact me? You know, myself, the person posting it, how does it impact me? How does it make people um, see me, view me, perceive me? And how is it going to impact my future ability to engage other people? This, these are the things that guides me. And how does it impact all the organizations I stand for. So for example, I work for MTN, I'm a corporate communications person. Whatever I'm posting, how does it impact the organization? Is it positive or negative? And sometimes there's even no excuse for you to say, oh, this thing I'm saying, I'm saying it purely on my own behalf, but not on the behalf of the organization. Because if you are a known person, someone who is closely associated with a certain brand, whether you speak on behalf of that person or not, people perceive you to be speaking for that person. So you can't just post anything, you can't just write anything. And I always tell people, anytime you need information about someone, you go to their online pages to find out what they've said about themselves, what they've said about other people. And so it should always guide you when you are posting something. Not just for the present, but Gina, you're saying also for the for future. The future. The that future. is why the last renewal of my visa, they asked for all the social media handles, and I said, oh, my goodness. Oh, they, then they I, did. I, I comforted myself with the fact that for the past 10 years, I've been very aware that anything you post has present and future mm -hmm. implications. This has been a very, very special edition of Springboard. Your virtual university talking about reputation management, corporate communications, public relations, stakeholder management, and everything in between. With my friend and my sister, Georgina Asarifiagbenu of MTN Ghana. Gina, thank you so much thank you for, for this. Me. And let's write that book together. I, I, I would love to do it. I think we should do I, it. I think it should be very interesting. Yes. And let's have this debate on social media. I think I have adopted the last point about always being careful what you see. I think mm -hmm. I'll merge the issues and crisis management and make that one the number 15. Being mm -hmm. mindful of what you see at every mm -hmm. time. And anytime you post something, thinking about the present and, and the future. future implications. Mm -hmm. Find this conversation not just on social media right now, but also in the graphic business on Tuesday. And let's have this debate. How do we build robust, sustainable organizations by paying attention to the corporate communications? 
So we'll turn away again next week. My name is Albert Okran, thanking you on behalf of the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and our partners, MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, Central University, and our media partners, the Multimedia Group, and the, the Graphic Communications Group, led in this instance by the Graphic Business. My name is Albert Okran saying, God bless you, God bless you, and uh, God bless you. ese rugido. ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.